to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome to a new episode and welcome to a new school year. A lot of us have been in the midst of it for a few weeks now. Some of us homeschool year round. Some of us might just be thinking about homeschooling and our children are still in school. Wherever you are in your journey, I hope it is going well and you are having a successful year so far. So in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about ideas for this new school year. A lot of us have a routine that we have that works best for us, or maybe we're trying to find a routine that works best for us and for our children. That may be more of a school at home model, that may be unschooling, that may be relaxed, or Charlotte Mason, where you do shorter lessons and have breaks, whatever it is, whatever works for you, that's great. But I know all of us sometimes get in a rut or perhaps our children need a little bit of something different to maybe spark their interest or maybe get a little re-motivated or perhaps just to shake things up a little bit to kind of see a new sparkle in their eye so that they really want to learn something new. This may be later on down the year. This may be something you're experiencing now if you've been already doing your school year for maybe the last month or so. So these are just a few ideas that I wanted to share. Some of these certainly you have heard of before and some of these may be new depending on your experiences and how long you've been homeschooling or how old your kids are. So I want to start out with younger kids and this can be anywhere from preschool to early elementary school and even though I'm kind of saying that they're for younger kids some of these will work for older kids as well. So one of the the things that I really like when my kids were younger was circle time and this is a pretty loose term for basically getting together usually in the morning, but you could do it maybe after lunch or before lunch, whatever works for you. But you get together for circle time and you might sing songs, you might do some little finger puppets, you might do read alouds, you might be doing uh, some themed activities depending on the time of year, whether it's uh, winter solstice or Halloween or Thanksgiving or Valentine's Day, whatever it might be. It's basically a time that you're gathering And you're gathering with your kids, all your kids, no matter what age they are. And you're just doing a few things together. And this does not have to be lengthy. This might be five minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes max. But it's just a time for everyone to get together. You're just touching base. You're all gathering and you're doing something together. I know one of the things we did when my, this was many years ago when my kids were really little, we had a wooden calendar a weather kind of wall hanging thing. And we would, there was a little um, indicator of the date and what day of the week it was and what their weather was. And if there was any holidays or, and especially if there was a birthday, there was a little birthday, little icon that you could put on that day. And that was just something that we did. It took just a minute or two and that was it. But it was something that the kids could identify the day of the week, what month it was, the weather, things like that. Super simple, but again, it's just bringing everyone together, depending on their ages and their interest, to just reconnect. 
And again, if you have various ages, it's still fine to do read-alouds no matter what ages. You can have a infant, you can have a first grader, and you can have a 12-year-old, and you can still be doing read-alouds together. Because I can guarantee you that even the older kids enjoy the read-alouds. They may not acknowledge it right away, but they'll sit there and they will listen and they'll be engaged. Another thing to think about is a nature walk. Now, I know some people have said to me, we don't live in in the country or we don't live by nature. That's okay. If you're going outside, you're in nature. You're in the sun, you're in the rain, you're walking out in the wind and you are in nature, no matter if you live in the city or in the country. This can just be a walk around your block. It does not have to be long. Basically, you're just getting outside. You're getting out of the environment that that the kids may be getting a little stagnant in. You're just going to get outside. You're going to move the body. You're going to oxygenate the lungs. You're just going to get out, change the, the scenery, and kind of get the wiggles out. And you can do that, use that walk for so much. You can look at the clouds and see if they see any shapes. You can look for bugs. You can look for birds. You can see what the weather is doing. You can count the cracks in the sidewalk. I mean, there is so much that you can do on a short little walk that we sometimes don't think about. But when you're with a little kid, you can be really surprised at what they come up with and what they see on these short little walks. So I think a quick walk is a super easy way to kind of just add something in to your little daily routine. And it could be something you start with in the morning. It can be something you do on a break. And I'm not talking about like, oh, we're going to go to the park. We're going to play for an hour. I'm just talking, which is great too, of course. But I'm just talking about, let's say you try to block out two hours for your schoolwork in the morning. So maybe you do a little short walk in the middle. Maybe you do it right before lunch. Maybe you do it right after lunch. Obviously, it's great if you can do it every day, but if you can only do it a few times a week, that's fine too. Whatever works for you. Another thing to go with that, maybe you can't get outside for whatever reason, but they need a little bit of exercise. Do some yoga, do some stretching, or even make a little obstacle course in the house or in the yard. Whatever gets them moving. I love yoga with little kids because there are some great animal yoga kinds of books and things out there that they they make the shape of an animal, they make the sound of an animal, and kids really like that. They can be engaged with it, it's fun, and it's easy, and that's definitely something to look into as well. The other thing is messy activities. Sometimes kids just really want to do some fun things like painting or Play-Doh or that kinetic sand stuff. And sometimes we're a little bit hesitant to get that out because there is a lot of cleanup and it can be messy. So I love to do that outside. I even have an easel that's outside on my patio so that I can take it outside. They can keep the mess outside, but they can do it still whenever they want. And then I don't have to worry quite so much about the cleanup right away or dripping on the floor or anything like that. I can have them do it outside. I can clean it up then, or I can maybe clean it up a little bit later. And it's not as big of an issue. So that's just something to think about too, especially with like sand or salt trays for tracing and letter practice. 
you know, things like that. Sometimes I would hesitate to get out because I was worried about the, the mess. But if I do it outside on the patio or outside on at the table outside, it just kind of eliminates that worry. And I don't mind. And plus, we're getting outside, getting some fresh air. And so that's great to do as many activities as you can outside when at all possible. So let's transition a little bit to a little bit older kids, maybe upper elementary or maybe even older middle school, high school kids. One of the things I think that's important to talk about with older kids is the news. Maybe you look at the newspaper, maybe there's a site that you have online that you can look at um, different things that are going on in the news around the world. That's important to talk about with kids. And that can really be an important thing to discuss so that they have an idea of what's going on around them. And to kind of go along with this, there are many books and websites out there are all about on this day in history, facts and different information that happened, maybe famous people's birthday or inventions, different things like that. We have had one of these on this day in history books for years. And we sometimes are really good about looking at that every day. Sometimes we just looked at at it at a few times a week. We kind of go in phases, like we'll do really good for a while. And then we, we kind of go away from it. And then we come back to it. I figure even if we're not doing it every day, even if we're picking up information and facts every once in a while, that's still good. That's still important. Also, again, like I said before, read alouds are still important for older kids. It doesn't matter how old they are. A lot of them still really enjoy read alouds. Let them pick them out. Maybe you pick out some of your favorites. Maybe you pick out a classic that normally they wouldn't pick up. Maybe you read Call of the Wild out loud together. There are so many great classics that we may not think about anymore, but reading them with your child is a really rich experience. Also, what about audiobooks? Maybe kids are busy and maybe in the morning at breakfast, things are kind of hectic in the morning in your house or in the kitchen. Put on an audiobook so everybody can be listening, but still going about having their breakfast, getting their things ready in the morning, but it's still going on and they're still listening to a story. Or even if it's a podcast, there are lots of great podcasts out there for all different topics on history and just all kinds of stuff. So there, that's another option. If you don't do a read aloud, maybe a, a podcast or something along that line as well, so that no matter what age they are, young or old, they can all be listening. Also, they just like for younger kids getting outside for a little bit of exercise. Maybe they don't want to really go on a nature walk when they get older, even though I think, still think that's great. But maybe they want to go on a bike ride. You could still do yoga or some stretching, things like that. But again, just trying to get outside, get some fresh air, that kind of thing. Another thing I love to do with older kids is baking and cooking. So I think it is a great learning experience to bake and cook. There is so much that goes with it that we don't think about. From fine motor skills with things like chopping and cutting, to reading instructions, to reading recipes, to measuring, to going shopping and finding what they need. I mean, there are so many great life skills learned with cooking and baking. So maybe one of the things that you do is maybe every Monday in the morning, instead of jumping right into lessons, you bake muffins for the week. 
and let your child do that. Let them lead that process. Or maybe you have an older child that really likes to cook. Maybe do some meal planning with them. Maybe they plan one or two meals during the week. Let them sit down. Let them find what they're gonna what they're going to make. Look and see what food you have and make a list for the grocery store of what they need to purchase and how much they need to purchase. That is a great skill to learn. One of the things I always bring up because as I've said before, I love Julie Bogart and she has poetry tea time. That is just such a wonderful, wonderful experience for young and older children and adults for that matter. Now, poetry tea time, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically you're picking one day a week. But you know what? If you can't do it one day a week and you can only do it once a month, that's great too. There is no absolutes in this. So poetry tea time is you're picking, let's say, a day every Friday afternoon. You're going to do poetry tea time. You're going to let the kids pick out some poems. Maybe you get some books from the library. Maybe you find some online. Maybe you have a collection, have the kids pick out something. Maybe you have a theme, maybe you don't. Maybe you let them pick a theme. I really encourage you to let the kids drive this process. So perhaps it's getting close to Halloween. So they want to, the theme is bats. So they're going to look for poems or even stories on bats. And you're going to find those from the library or on your bookshelves, whatever it might be. Maybe you find some treats that you can find online that you can make some fancy things that go along with the theme. You don't have to make anything fancy. It can be as simple as some graham crackers and um, fruit from the fridge. And you can have tea, you can have lemonade, you can have hot chocolate, whatever you want. Maybe the kids make decorations for the table. Maybe they don't. Like I said, it can be as much or as little as works for you. But I find that my daughter loves poetry tea time. She seriously loves it. And she will ask about, is it the day for poetry tea time? And she loves to decorate. She loves to set the table. She gets out all the teacups. She gets the stuff. She finds books. I mean, she loves poetry tea time. And, and we don't always do poetry. We often will try to do a few poems. But sometimes we just read short stories. And that's okay, too. But poetry tea time can be such a great thing. And even my older daughter, who is a teenager, she's, she doesn't do it every time with us, but she often does. And she's gotten into it. She's dressed in costume before with my younger one. And it's just a really fun thing for the whole family. And if you want to wait for dad to come home and dad to do it when he's home from work, that's great too. You can do it whenever you want. But poetry tea time is a great time to not only get everyone engaged, but have some fun and you're still reading, you're still, it's a rich way to get exposed to literature and poetry and something that you may not have normally been exposed to in your regular school day. So poetry tea time, I highly recommend it. And if you do want more information on it, you can always go to Julie Bogart's site, bravewriter.com, and she has a section on there for poetry tea time. The last couple things I want to talk about are one, field trips. Obviously, this is kind of an obvious thing. You're learning about something and your kids want to, you know, go on a field trip to the aquarium or the zoo or a science station to learn more about something in their studies. And that's great. But the only thing I want to caution about field trips, while I think they're absolutely wonderful and we do them all the time, 
don't turn a field trip into an academic trip. Turn it in, just let it be a fun trip. Let it be a fun experience because I can guarantee you that kids are learning all the time. You don't need to make it into a school trip. You don't need to make it into this academic exercise. Just let them go and learn and observe and they will pick up things as they are interested in them. So I just wanted to throw that little caution out. And lastly, again, to kind of spice things up, to just make things a little bit different in in your schedule for the year or maybe for the semester, are unit studies. Now, unit studies, people sometimes think of them in different ways, and that's totally fine. However you think of unit studies is great. But the thing I want to point out is that unit studies are usually on a single topic or related topics. And it can be done by itself. You can put aside your regular, regularly scheduled um, topics and subjects. And for a week, for maybe two weeks, or even a month, you can focus on this one topic and do these deep dives into these topics that your kids really want to get into. Perhaps it's you go as far as a project-based learning kind of thing. Perhaps it's just more of a topic-specific unit study. But you need to give yourself permission to do that when your kids are showing an interest in something. And that is a great thing to be able to jump into when they're really, really interested in something. I know some people kind of take December off because there's so much going on with the holidays and with relatives and things like that. And a lot of times, December for us is a great time to do a unit study because we can put aside some of maybe math and some of our regular stuff that we do. And instead, we can just really focus on some topic that my child is interested in. And then I don't um, feel like we're necessarily missing out on some of the other subjects, but we're just jumping into this other topic because it's kind of a um, slow time for regular academics anyway. So that's something to think about. Or perhaps maybe you do one month every quarter, or I'm sorry, one week every quarter that you're going to focus on a single topic that your child um, has chosen. And again, really let your child drive this process. Let them drive what they want to learn, how they want to learn about it. Do they want books? Do they want experiments? Do they want field trips? Do they want to find someone else that's an expert in that field and talk with them? Let them really drive the process and you just be a facilitator and help them find the resources to learn about whatever it is. So I think that's really key with, with any learning is to really let the kids drive the process so that they are really engaged and invested and really want to learn more. So those were just some things that I wanted to throw out there to kind of spice up your school routine, your schedule that you may or may not have, but just to kind of throw some different ideas that you can incorporate whenever you need to. It doesn't have to be regular. These can be things you throw in occasionally, during the month, maybe once or twice a week, whenever basically you have a need to kind of shake things up a little bit and to vary the routine. These are some ideas that might work for you. 
I want to make sure that you are aware that I have a Facebook page, Learning Outside the Lines podcast, where I post different articles and activities, things like that. And also on Instagram at Latte Books to Read, where I'm very active and post lots of books, things that we've been doing in our homeschool life. And hopefully you will find me on there and check me out. Make sure you ask any questions at outsidethelinespodcast at gmail.com and I would be happy to share any resources or any information that I have on your question. So I hope you have a great rest of the week and until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.